Welcome to Sermon Q&A. Pastor Michael here with you in the studio with Pastor Craig, Pastor Alex. August 29th, gentlemen, we finished the book of Exodus. We did indeed. We also finished the Tabernacle series. And so, Pastor Craig, the question is for you today. So why does God withhold information when I desperately need it? And what we saw with the Tabernacle is that there are things God allows, ordains, or permits, and he doesn't actually tell us the ultimate purpose of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of this information could be really helpful. And so what do you say to somebody who they're like, God, it would be really helpful for me to know what you're up to. Why would he withhold what feels like really essential information? Yeah. And the context of this is uh, that Hebrews keeps referring to all of the items in the tabernacle as shadows, right? Right. These are shadows of a reality to come. And now that we're on the other side of Jesus, we understand all those things point to Jesus. You know, he's the light of the world, the light in the tabernacle. He's a, Water that mm-hmm. brings life. The mm-hmm. laver has the mm-hmm. basin of water. Of course, he's the Lamb of God slain from the yeah. foundation there. So that's you know the, what the altar is for. But they didn't know. So three thousand years, they're doing uh, the, this ongoing annual performances mm-hmm. in order to demonstrate to basically to to God that they're still faithful to Him. But God never gives them the real picture. He only gives them shadows. And then Moses even sets up the tabernacle and each one of those items in the tabernacle, some of the ones I've already mentioned, the, the, you know, the veil and all those things, those are representation of a shadow of what Moses saw in the heavenly realms. We, we learned that from Hebrew as well. So everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Everything in the New Testament explains Jesus. And then Jesus is like the culmination of, of it all. So in regards to tabernacle, it's, it's a really interesting point that we can glean from that, where they had to be faithful to all only the information that they were given for 3,000 years, yeah. Yeah. and their obedience translated into faith. Mm. The same thing applies for us today, right? We're obedient, and that translates into faith. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep, keep my, my commandments, commandment. yeah. right? So we are not given all the information about the details of life, but God requires faithfulness. And that's the challenge. The challenge is we would love to know more information, just like I'm sure the Old Testament Jews would like to know, why are we pulling the liver out? What, like, why are we spraying <laughs> blood everywhere? Why, right. why, you know, why, why is it time to camp, get everything up yeah. and, and move again? Mm-hmm. But sometimes, well, actually, most of the awesome. time, God doesn't give us the details. Mm-hmm. He simply asks us to be faithful with the information that we have. And that's really the definition of a believer and a non-believer. A non-believer does not fear God, so he doesn't care what the information that God gives Mm. really means. But the believer is interested in what God wants me to do today. Mm. And so we have a tendency to kind of go to Romans 8. When we go through the the tough times of life and and we ask a question like, God, why are you withholding information from me about this thing? Then Why is this happening in life? Even for the things that are happening today, in in our day right now, Afghan, you know, people falling off military planes and right. and uh, this Ida that just went through last night, uh, the mm-hmm. hurricane that just went through, yeah. and we ask ourselves, why do yeah. these things happen? I don't understand. We don't have the information, yeah. and that's challenging for mm-hmm. us, but mm-hmm. God requires us to simply be faithful. Mm-hmm. And so one of the verses that we typically go to is Romans 8.28, which is great. Mm-hmm. We know that all things work together for good. So we kind of park on that and trust God. He's got a greater picture. If you knew everything God, you say this all the time, right? If you knew, if you knew everything God knows, you do what God does every time. Right. But Romans 8, 28, if, uh, we know that all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. We have a tendency to leave the last part off. Yeah. All things work together for good. But do you understand? For those, 
for those who sure. love God yeah. and who are interested in it. It doesn't say for everybody. Right. right. Yeah. And right. who are well. interested in his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, my life is not about my purpose. It's about his purpose. Mm. And that's the challenge. I'm not given all the information, just like the Jews were given all the information. My job is to remain faithful today with the information yeah. that I have. What's today. interesting though, is that like God is so, he's even so gracious though, that we almost always stand on the other side of something faithful that he's done. Oh, So yeah. like we yeah, stand on the other Absolutely. side of what, 1500 years of sacrifice, temple, tabernacle, and then we see Jesus yeah. and we see God's faithfulness to take and bring all of these things together and then show us Jesus, right? It, I love that because we often say, just take a leap of faith. You know, God never asks us to take a leap of faith, a blind leap right. of faith, because everything that he asks us to do is based on what he has already proven himself to be. Right. So we never walk by blind faith. That's mm -hmm. not true. Mm -hmm. We can look back, we got the whole Bible for goodness. <laughs> <laughs> to show us about the faithfulness yeah. of God. And what we don't understand is uh, Romans 8, 28. If, if you go down to verse 31, it says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If he didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also give us yeah. all things? What that means is if God's got this great picture plan working out, you got to trust him. You're, you're invited into that plan, right. but it's his plan. It's his purpose and trust him that if he's, yeah. if he's given us everything, here. including his son and here and here and, here. and yep. been faithful in the through. past yeah. and also not just in scripture, but in your own, in life, your own life, right? You've seen God's faithfulness. Why would you doubt him? Now. Yeah. yeah. You may not understand what's happening right now, but you know that God is the one who has you right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think as parents, we know this. We don't tell our kids everything. We withhold information. Yeah. There are family secrets. They know we have money. They don't know how much. <laughs> they know we have, for some people, like, they know there's a problem, but they don't know really what. They don't know what right. happens in the bedroom. They don't know what happens, yeah. like, when yep. mom and dad go out at night. They don't know why they you make them go to this school or that school. They, they get glimpses and pieces, but, like... We intuitively understand there are some things that are that they don't need to know. They shouldn't know. It's actually not right for them to know. Right. As they get older and they become parents or they become adults, then you say, "Hey, here's what was." You pull back the curtain, you know, and yeah. and intuitively you just know this as parents, and and it frustrates kids. Why? Sure. Why? Why? Because right. I said so. And then what happens over time if you have a decent mom and dad right. is that is that the kid calls and says, "I'm sorry." You have right. a track record, right? Yeah. Because then and then they see what right. what you are actually doing. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when they have kids. Are like, oh, well, that's wow. it's interesting. When we did the tabernacle yesterday and we were going through the different things and how they were shadows that pointed toward the image casting the shadow, mm -hmm. which was Jesus. And I would say, and here's what the yeah. laver pointed toward, and here's what the candlesticks, and here's what yeah. the table of showbread pointed toward. Yeah. And, and it's like everybody just went, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that all yeah. makes sense now. Yeah. And, you know, what's funny is I feel like if I was the priest who had to go in every single morning and light the incense, you know, mm -hmm. I would be, I would want to, I'd be so much more inspired. <laughs> If I knew the why and right. if every, you know, Sabbath I went in and yeah. ate all the showbread and brought new showbread in, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I've actually wondered, did the, did the priest who went in to eat the showbread, did he eat all 12 loaves? <laughs> <laughs> Just That's curious. a lot of bread. Questions I don't know the answer to. I said, I said uh, <laughs> Moses probably annually had a contest. The top 10 weird things about Tabernacle you yeah. don't understand. And then That's he handed right. out prizes yep. at the end of yep. it. And I, I've, I've wondered too, like, you know, are there a whole bunch of high priests that get together and they're like, what was the, what was the Holy of Holies like for you? Like, yeah. did God talk to you? What oh, did yeah. he say? Right. You know, did he threaten you? <laughs> you know, so guys, thank you. That was fun. We got plenty more to come on Sermon Q&A. Thanks for joining us.